Welcome to the Stages of She podcast, all about women, the lives we lead, the things we care about, the ways we grow and change, our goals, our dreams, our challenges, all from the perspective of your three hosts, me, Liz Thomas, Sarah Strasbaugh, and Christina Godfrey. We're each living different lives in three different generations. Welcome back to the Stages of She podcast. We're so excited to be back for our next episode. And this time we have a really special guest who is also, I'd like to say a friend of mine. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. But we did meet through Instagram. Her name's Melissa Crook and she is the host of the Feel podcast. And we also recently did an interview together on my Womanhood Unwrapped blog, which was lovely. So, Melissa, do you want to just introduce yourself to our audience and also talk about your podcast a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Thanks so much for having me. This is such an honor. Um, It's so great to be with you. And I love what you're doing. I've listened to your first four episodes, and they're great. The last episode, I was like, yes, 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 me too. Also, yes, all of those (laughs) things. Um, So, I'm 53. I am a mom, wife um, entrepreneur, all the things that, you know, we try to do as Christina can relate to all of these things. Um, but I had an experience when I turned 50, I would say that my experience in the medical world is probably a lot, like a lot of women where I didn't even know there was a word called perimenopause until I was already through it. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) So I turned 50, we moved to Lubbock, Texas. My husband took a job with Texas Tech University system and we've lived all over the country with his job. So it's not unusual first to move. And um, first time moving without kids. So I thought, oh, this will be a lot easier. We haven't moved kidless for you know years and got here and about two weeks in, I was in the ER twice for racing um, heartbeat, skyrocket, blood pressure, just couldn't, you like panic attacks, all these kinds of things. They ran every test in the book and there was nothing physically wrong with me, but I had years of unprocessed trauma, unprocessed emotions that had piled up in that with menopause, just said no more. My body was like, nope, we're done. <laughs> You're going to start paying attention right now. And I was like, this is ridiculous. How did I get here? I'm an avid runner. I, I, I always prize myself on making time for myself when my kids were growing up. My husband and I took date nights and would go on trips together. But within all of that, I didn't allow any space on the in-between times to process emotions. Everyone else came first. They were the priority. I was going to take care of everyone. I've been taking care of everyone since I was 10 years old, starting with my childhood um, and a ton of unprocessed things within that. Most people that know me would have told you for years that I'm anxious and worry or whatever. I'm like, it's just life. I might have those things going on. So it turns out, you know, I got into therapy again. I'd been in therapy in the past, but had stopped because I thought it was cured. That's not a thing (laughs) I've learned Um, and realized we have to start having these conversations. A 50 year old woman should not get to this point and just be realizing if we do not prioritize self-care, 
if we do not have healthy boundaries, if we do not see the connection between our emotional health and our mental health and physical health, we're going to end up in a world of trouble when we get to a certain point. Our bodies can only take so much. You know, the body keeps the score is one of my favorite books because it is so true. It will. And so I'm like, we have to start having these conversations as women because the culture is not going to invite us into them. It's just going to keep asking what it's always asked of women to show up for everybody all the time in every way, a thousand percent um, with no complaining. <laughs> and, yeah. and so I'm like, I know a lot of women have lived all over the country and it's time to start having these conversations. And I know enough women throughout from different backgrounds and um, scenarios that we can have some conversations. And so I started it and we had, my husband and I did a dream wall on his birthday in spring of 2021. And he's like, just put anything up there. He was reading this book and there was dream walls of Brene Brown book of some sort. And um, so I'm like, I can talk a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I can talk to anybody. Um, and so figured so we started a podcast and just started having conversations and I'm with no expectation, which is probably the first time in my life I did anything without an expectation. I always have a, an expectation. It's usually very high, but I'm like, you know what, this is the, I'm just going to do this. And we're just going to talk until we run out of people to talk to. And because we have to start having these conversations and I have three daughters in my, in their twenties and I'm like, you guys got to get on this now. And they knew that. I mean, they had learned from kind of seeing, and I think their generation is just better at paying attention to that than we are. And so I had a gal that I was mentoring that knew how to edit and produce podcasts. And my middle daughter's um, best friend was needing some marketing and social media experience because she was graduating and looking for a job. So they helped me with that side of it. And we just started it in July of 2021. Yeah. <laughs> With no audience. I, <laughs> and just like, let's see what happens. I love it. I think it's such a great way to start a podcast. And it's kind of what we've done because all three of us just, again, we love each other and we're all in a different phase. And we often just talk the way we talk on the podcast. Like, Christina, tell us what to do for our skin because we need to know. Your skin looks great. Or just any of those things that we do banter about. And I do feel like there's been this little bit of a lost art of women kind of in a circle talking to each other that used to happen in like the homemaking experience. But now we all have these different goals and that's wonderful. But to find a little way to create these circles again, it's a good experience and you're doing that as well. well so, thank you. yeah. How yeah. about the, remember the red tent way back in the day? Yeah. They used to go into. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so true. We, knew, we don't want to go explain that. Back to that, but. <laughs> no, it's so true. I, I think it's just, you know, I think I realized I've got something to say about this and to sit on my hands and not share my own experience and not make it a safe place for other women to talk about theirs too. Because that's what I found is if you open up a space and you're authentic and vulnerable, it invites others to do the same thing. And then they, you find out like, oh gosh. And the one thing about being on our podcast is you, we have, you know, eight talking points that we use. You don't have to have, have accomplished or mastered or figured out all of them. That's part of the conversation too, is that you're just thinking about it. 
and observing it and realizing this is life's a journey and these things are going to change in different seasons. What works for you now isn't going to work for you 10 years from now. So just keep paying attention and listening mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. I think that's a good segue. And we were going to go into weekly wisdom, but I kind of want to save that now for the end. Um, so we did, um, we being novices to podcasting, we're very excited to interview you because you've already gone through a number of <laughs> the hurdles that I think we're experiencing right now. Yeah. So, um, you know, Sarah, I'd love to know from you, like, mm-hmm. do you have burning questions for Melissa and for the women out there who might be thinking about starting a podcast? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so glad Liz introduced us to you. And I've bookmarked so many of your episodes that I want to go back and listen to. So it's clear you have these really powerful conversations. And my question for you is, what are the tools and how do you make these women feel so comfortable opening up to you? I can see it firsthand right now. You are very open yourself. But if you could put it into words, what are you doing to make your guests feel so comfortable to share? Well, I think I started out easy because in my first two plus seasons and most of the third season, with the exception of a couple of people, these women were people I had a relationship with prior to. So we'd all, and various relationships, but there had always been a built-in trust. And so when they agreed to come along on this ride with me, I told them, listen, it's just going to pretend you and I are at coffee and having a conversation. We're just using these as a guidepost because- you all know me that I could just talk forever. And so I needed some talking points to keep our episodes in an hour or so or under. Um, and that kind of you know made people lighthearted. And then it's like, listen, if this is for you to share whatever you're comfortable sharing. Obviously, I know things about your story. But if you're not comfortable talking about them, you do not have to. That can stay between you and I. And that just kind of set the table with, they were really kind of the captain of the conversation. I was just there guiding it. Also too, you know, I told them like, if you get done and you think about it a couple days later and you want to take some things out, you're just like, "Mm, maybe not. That that was probably a little too much or that could be something that so-and-so isn't ready to hear in a public domain yet. Um, Then we can do that. I don't want anything going out in the world that you're not comfortable with, that you don't feel good about. And that has helped a lot too. And we've only had a couple of people ask us to remove anything. And ironically, they were two of my staff members. They're like, mm, I don't know. And I'm like, no one else has had anything else. I was like, oh, that's funny. Um, and there were two minor things. And, and I was like, okay, great. And it didn't, you know, take away from the authenticity or you know, didn't interrupt the episode in any way. So I think that's how I've been able to do it. Now I will say it's getting more to now, especially as we get into this season and the next season in the fall, there's more and more people that I'm meeting through podcasting. Liz, for instance, um, and a lot of other people through communities I'm a part of now, or that just came on board and started listening, and we're doing some collaborations, much like what we're all doing together. But those ones, I have to spend a little more time. I got to be a little more intentional. I listen to their material, and I talk to them about their material. I ask them to do the same. I identify an episode that I think they'll really connect with. 
if they're, if I don't know them very well, or, you know, just to kind of lay the groundwork. And then the same thing, we, we get on a zoom, we have a conversation, we get to know each other a little bit. And then I'm like, listen, again, this is for you to say whatever you're comfortable saying within, you know, the talking points. And I think that gives them some trust and parameters and know, come back. And this is going to release on this date, but if you want to listen to it first, you're welcome to it. Yeah, I know we've had conversations where you get talking and then all of a sudden you forget you're being recorded, yeah. which is probably a good thing. Then you're being yeah. truly authentic. Yeah. And so what true. are, I'll go into my next uh, question. What are some takeaways you've personally learned from the conversations you've had with guests? I think that there's a really interesting dynamic going out there in the world right now that we as a collective, as women, have a lot of common things going on. And I talked with Liz about this when we talked a couple months ago, but then you have all of these micro communities, you know, our BIPOC women and our women and those that identify as female in the LGBTQIA plus community and some of our faith communities that face other things that add on to that woman's experience that the culture kind of imposes on us. And so every woman's experience is dramatically different and has even more layers on it if they come from one of those more marginalized communities. So it's not only a chance for women to come together in a safe place and have these conversations, it's a chance for women to learn from each other, from maybe a woman that they don't have a lot of those people from those community in their life every day. And so they might make them think about some things they've never thought about before. So it's not just become a forum to, for women to feel safe and share, but it's become a forum for women to learn from each other based on experiences that they maybe wouldn't hear about otherwise. Mm-hmm. That's why I love podcasting. I've It's opened my eyes to so many topics and people's thoughts that I wouldn't have been open to otherwise. Yeah. I love it. It's, and you really start feeling like these podcast hosts and who they're interviewing are kind of your friends that you're just sitting in a room with them joining in on the conversation. Yeah. No, I think that's a hundred percent true. And it's, it's been a really eye-opening experience. I mean, you kind of go into this and you're like, we'll just see what happens. I'm like, I'm a learner by nature. Like I want to learn. I always want to learn. Um, and I, and even I was like, wow, this was so much more than I thought it was going to be. So my last question, kind of on that note, what was your goal in the beginning with starting the podcast and how has that shifted since launching? My goal was just to create a safe space for women to have these conversations And my goal was always like, I knew I knew a lot of women in different age brackets, moms, not moms, um, older, younger, black, brown, white, you know, all those things. I knew that different faith spaces. um, But I never I didn't think of the complexity that would go into it in terms of the challenges that each of these women face based on these all these different identities they had. So there's our, our collective identity as a woman, but then there's all these other identities that come in depending on all those variables I just spoke about. That So that has changed. So rather than just that safe space, it's now become a learning space as well. So I want this to not only be a place, first and foremost, that every woman and those who identify as female feel 
safe and they feel like there's a conversation they can connect to. There's somebody they can connect with, but that they're also open to listening to people that they aren't familiar with those backgrounds and they're willing to learn. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that with us too. Um, Absolutely. Christina, do you have some questions in mind or anything pique your interest? Well, first of all, you know, just listening to your story, I mean, we're the same age. I just turned 53 and I've had the same experience as you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and also have so many friends going through the same thing. You know, yeah. I've had heart racing in the middle of the night, anxiety attacks, uh, you name it. And I think our generation, especially we're just programmed to push ourselves to the very limit, right? We yeah. were, you know, having, we had a career, we, kids we were that's actually what energized us right like Mm -hmm. oh my I remember taking pride in the fact that I could you know do all of my you know mom duties I could remember people's birthdays I could (laughs) I mean I could do it all and then all of a sudden you start older and you're forgetting things like oh my gosh I forgot that person's birthday. I need, you start your, it's like your computer gets full and you start, <laughs> as I've told, you know, Sarah, like I've had to now kind of unwind a lot of the damage that I. Yeah. And That's such a great way I, to put it. Yeah. So you get to this point and you're like, okay, now I have to, yeah, I have to, I've wound myself so tight into this little, you know, ball of yarn. Yeah. <laughs> Now I have to let it out. And I'm amazed at how many women that I know in my age group don't even realize that they're stressed. Like if you yeah. ask them, they will say, oh no, I'm not stressed, but they have all these health issues going on. Yep. And it's because they're just not in touch, you know, they're, they've been in fight or flight for so long that they just think that's like their baseline, you know, that's what's yeah. normal. And it's, hard when you have to kind of undo all that because you're not used to having to take time and to I mean even taking time just to sit down and eat you know I'm everything I would and so you start thinking oh my gosh am I gonna lose my mojo you know you first have to get over the addiction of just doing 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 and then you have to get over um, looking at everyone around you that's doing things slower and not be completely irritated with them. Um, <laughs> your husband, your kids, anybody that works for you. I mean, it's like this whole process that I've been going through. So yeah. I totally relate to you. Um, but one of my, you know, one thing that I find sort of challenging about doing this podcast that I, I think is not as hard for, let's say, Sarah I'm not used to putting myself out there. I mean, I do run a PR company, so I'm used to pushing other people and and getting them, you know, notoriety. But for me to push this podcast out there to my friends and say, oh, listen to this, or to be pushing it out on my social media, even to be posting on my own social media, I feel so resistant towards it because it feels so narcissistic and just it goes completely against who I am. And so that's probably the biggest challenge. It's like, how do you 
how do you just go for it? <laughs> not worry about what people are going to think of you or you know it's 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 not easy no i don't it's take not. selfies of myself and put it on social media you know yeah, I think it's so true. I think that we have heard in our generation, we've heard all these things. I mean, so many women our generation were the first college graduates in our family as females or period. And so we're like, we've got this degree. We've got these opportunities. Let's go. I mean, we're going to do it all. But in the process, we're also told to take care of everybody and not put ourselves on the front burner as we're doing it. We're supposed to be in the background mm -hmm. making everyone else around us look great. And I think that goes across our generation and so when I started doing this, it really helped me. I have a staff of 20 somethings. I have my social media managers. They work together. They're in their mid twenties. My editor producer, early twenties, my blog writer, and close to mid twenties. And so they're like, no, you got to do this. I mean, this is all, the only way you're going to do it. So they're like, we got to get on all the social medias and they just kind of run it. And I just have to like right. be okay with it. And I've started going to conferences this, this year when I figured out, okay, this is really what I want to do. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like we're getting some ground. We're starting to find our people and I'm getting good feedback from these communities. I'm in that this is a message that needs to be out there. And they have several like workshops that are like, don't be afraid to promote yourself. You got to put yourself out there. Who's going to do it if you don't do it? Who's going to, if you've got this thing that you want to share and you think there's power in it, you just got to release it. And it's hard. <laughs> but I think that what's really empowered me is I was smart enough to know to surround myself with people on my staff that weren't bothered by it. Right. I mean, my, my social media manager also works in film and editing and when she was in college, my um, editor producer has his own brand, has had his own brand established since he was 17. I mean, he's all, and so they just kind of, they create the material with you know, my guy. I have to bless everything, but they're like, no, this is how we're going to do it. And the gal that helped me start it, two of my original founders have gone on to full-time work and are prospering. They still come back as advisors and Abby, who's one of our advisors, and she's a marketing person. She works for a great all-woman-owned marketing firm. And she was like, self-promotion, self-promotion. And she goes, and it's not selfish. Because if you don't tell people about what you're doing, how are you going to help anyone? You can't help people if you don't tell them it's there. And yeah. I was like, that's what got me. And she just learned right. how to frame the language. Right. So that makes sense. And because I, I really do feel like I'm doing this because I want to help people. I love helping other women. And if I find something that really works for me, I want to let other people know. So I might be able to help them. But like, so how did you know that this was something that was going to be like, when did it switch from doing this as just kind of let's see where it goes to something that I mean, is this your full time job now? What? It is. We're not generating revenue yet, but we're working on that. We're finally getting mm -hmm. to a point where we're starting to get some footing where we can start looking at those opportunities. I kind of got forced into it a little bit. I lost my job unexpectedly last August. I worked for a small nonprofit and it, it just went away. Um, mm -hmm. There's 
that's a whole other story, but it, in a nutshell, went away. And so I started applying for other jobs and started looking at what I wanted to do. And I was like, I'm really loving this. And we're starting to get some traction. And my husband's like, okay, based on where we are financially, we can give this a go for a year and a half-ish to two years and see if you can get some traction financially. That's kind of what we can do based mm-hmm. on a one salary situation, which is like, um, and so, um, I also started attracting people that wanted to be on the show outside of my world. And I'm like, okay, people are starting to hear about this and they want to be part of this. And I get to have the most incredible conversations. Like I leave every conversation saying that's the best conversation I ever had, (laughs) um, (laughs) but always in a different way. And I'm like, I think that, I learned a lot from my daughters too. My daughters are now, like I said, various stages of twenties and they're like, do the thing you love. So many people that I know went to college, did the thing that they thought would make the most money or make them the most successful, but not necessarily the thing that they love the most, or they got to their 40, 45 and were burnt out, but where they're like, I've got this great job and we're, we've got this house and we've got these kids and I can't start over. I got to just keep grinding away at this. And so they were like, you have a chance to start over. You have a chance to seek this out. You, And so that's kind of, that was for the fall. But I don't think without that happening, I would have, because I was working full time and doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was in the fall of 2022, 20, yeah, last fall, when I was really able to sink my teeth into it, that's that was the turning point for me. Okay. That's, that's great. Yeah. Knock on wood. (laughs) (laughs) I know I listen to a lot of podcasts as well. And, uh, you know, most of them are more interview based like this, you know, somebody who's just come out with a book or, you know, I listen to a lot of health and wellness podcasts and Mm. so it's a lot of information and some fun ones, but yeah, I find them very entertaining and you know I still have kids who I have to drive around a little bit so I'm in my car quite a bit so yeah yeah I think you can do it in your car or when you're on your walk or your run you plug it in I'm just kind of the same way yeah and you know what now when I make dinner yeah anything that I am just so bored of doing after doing for so many years (laughs) I'll just put a podcast on (laughs) makes it so much better (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh I've, I've got my husband doing a lot of cooking now so I've I've, I've oh. made that shift which I'm so happy about <laughs> I don't think that is ever gonna happen for me but <laughs> there's we'll like always one cook in the house it feels like and one cleaner <laughs> yeah oh yeah. no I'm, I'm the, the cleaner, the cleaner. <laughs> I'm, I'm both my husband doesn't do either so uh, maybe uh, he'll listen to this podcast and get there we go yeah. there's always yeah. there's always chance to learn and grow yeah yeah <laughs> unless you text us later and say um let's <laughs> cut that part out <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh oh, so awesome um so I have just one question because the ladies really covered a lot of bases but I was wondering, just because it kind of is interesting to me, have you had any really uncomfortable moments or anything that's come up that you're like, just put you out of your comfort zone? And then I don't know what would come out of that question other than just knowing, but I'm curious. 
Yeah, the biggest thing that gets me, which is funny because we had this conversation earlier today before we started recording, is when the technology is not working. Like, it, I've got everything lined up. It should be working. There's no reason it shouldn't be working and it's not working because I'm, I'm so mindful of my guest time that I'm just like, <laughs> and so that can kind of throw me off my game. So I'm very cognitive of having, I have an iPad that's got all of my notes in front of me so that I can look back to that if I get stuck and get me back on track. I think the only other thing that's come up is I have learned that not every person is cut out to be a podcast guest. They can have a wonderful thing in the world to share. I mean, I feel everybody's got something to share. Um, but I found out, and it's you don't know it until you're into it. And then you're just kind of having to carry the conversation because it's either very short or they just, they just are so nervous. They just keep going. And so trying to like steer that conversation. And so I had to learn early and this, these were things, lessons I learned early on, luckily. And so I'm more mindful of that now as I'm like, is this a medium that they're going to thrive in? Um, or is this maybe not a medium that's, that's, and you can't, and you, and you just get to know that over time, either because you know the people and you know their strengths. And that's why I always go in and listen to podcasts before I have, if they have got something, because a lot of them have been on others, listen to the conversation, listen to the flow and make sure that they're going to feel comfortable. I feel like that because when mm. that's really hard and that's, it's, and it's hard to keep it sounding natural and organic <laughs> when when the when the guest is um you know just not it's not their natural medium yeah that makes a lot of sense actually Mm -hmm. and that makes me think of one other thing I wanted to ask you which is that if anyone you know because not I I used to say this in trainings and I still do but not everyone's also caught cut out to be an entrepreneur or probably Mm -hmm. cut out to be a podcaster so are there like two to three things you would tell people to maybe think about before just launching into creating a podcast so they don't just spend all that time and energy? Yeah, I think you have to know going in, I would say I, I would have gotten on things earlier in terms of the entrepreneurial side if I hadn't just kind of like, oh, I'm just going to try this because I kind of knew in the back of my mind, if this works, this is what I'm going to want to do. And there are things, I would have gotten involved in communities earlier. Like I didn't really join any podcasting communities starting Mm -hmm. last fall and then really in earnest this spring. And that's where you learn how to market and what all the sponsorship opportunities are and, and how to get a hold of those and how to get yourself set up for those. It's just information I'm just now getting now rather than starting in July of 2021 and having it so that as we got to the points, we were ready. So I'm playing a little catch up with that. So if you're going to do this, and even if you don't know for sure, join those podcast communities. And they're out there. You can, you know, podcast movement. She podcast is a, probably my most helpful community. Um, they're um, all women podcasts, and they just have a ton of resources. Podmatch is another great community. But join those communities and just 
go to the webinars, garner the information, go to the conferences. I went to podcast movement conference in March um, in Vegas, and it was a ton of information. And they a lot of them offer scholarships. So like I got a scholarship to that one. And so I just had to cover my very discounted hotel because we were staying at the same place the conference was at. They covered my, you know, my base fee. I had points for my flights, you know, I, all that stuff. I probably spent a total five to $600 for a five day conference in Vegas where I got a ton of information and made a ton of connections and, and got that information that I should have been collecting in July of 2021. Yeah. Wow, that, that's really helpful. To know. That yeah. is really helpful. Thank you. I think that will benefit a lot of people. Yeah. We'll try to put that in the show notes too. So people yeah. can find these platforms. Do you, um, do you follow most of those on Facebook or where do you find them? I find them, they're kind of all over. I follow them on Instagram. Most of all of them are on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is trying to create a kind of a podcast network where podcasters can come together. So you can set up a a LinkedIn account that's specifically for your podcast. And I've got my person that does our LinkedIn working on that right now. It's very new. There's only like eight podcasts that have joined. So that's becoming a big thing. There are a ton on Facebook, a ton of communities. So if you want to join communities on Facebook, uh, that's for, I, I mean, we post on Facebook. We get some traction on there. Our bigger traction for us has been on Instagram and, and TikTok. I think it's, it's a reels world right now. It's just a reels and videos <laughs> world. I would have never had a TikTok account had I had not had this podcast. I'm a 53 year old woman. I mean, you know, and then my, my poor social media people are like telling me to do, I can't even remember that, like be something, be roles. So my, yes. my, they were like, I'm like, what? What and so they're like, do this. And that creates better content for TikTok. And I'm like, okay. I mean, terminology, I would have never known. Um, but, but yeah, so Facebook for communities and start and LinkedIn is a lot. But if you want to get it, your word out there, I would say Instagram and TikTok is where you get people to notice you. Twitter's kind of a weird one right now. Um, and I have weird feelings about Twitter anyway, yeah. <laughs> with all that's going on. But we're on that too for right now. And then YouTube is becoming more and more friendly to this and a lot of people are starting to go to youtube but creating youtube shorts so you don't just transfer your podcast raw edited but you know like you would put out on um spotify or apple you take you do create shorts and so and you put the shorts on there and that creates a whole other community it's very similar to what you do on tiktok but it's on youtube and there's just and there youtube's starting to pay more attention to this so youtube is one to follow we learned talked a lot about that at the podcast movement conference in vegas so mm. that's interesting but, yeah so it's very interesting and the one thing i will say is the podcast communities when you join them are wonderful about sharing your content like i joined podmatch and we had very few reviews on apple like huh. we we had just we really just got on apple in march i thought we were on there a previous editor didn't do what I thought she did. Anyway, um, so our current editor got us on there. And then Pod, we joined Podmatch, and you do like a trade-off where I listen to yours, you listen to mine, you give me a review, all that kind of thing. I love that. It's I a great way to get reviews because getting reviews is how you get noticed. That's another thing. If you're right. in podcasting, and it's hard to get people to review you. 
So you need to people in your community to review you because we all know the need for it. But you have to have a certain amount of episodes first. Like I tried to give you guys a review like after your first one because I just know, but you have to have enough episodes first. You have to continuity before they'll let you review because okay. I know the value of it. And because the more reviews you get, the more circulation you get. I mean, it's just all about these numbers. It's all about the data um, and all of that. And so that I, I had maybe one or two reviews. And after a week on Podmatch, we had like 15 reviews. Um, wow. And so people support, so it's a very supportive community. Um, it's a very, they want to, everybody wants to support each other. Everybody wants everyone to succeed. Um, and so, yeah, get, I can't, I know we talked, I talked a lot about that, but get involved in those communities and get on them early. Okay. So that's going to help. That is a wealth of Because the most effective way to spread the word is to be a guest on someone else's podcast. That's right. the number one way is to be a guest on someone else's podcast. So Liz and I are trading. Liz yeah. wrote a blog. I'm on here. Liz is going to be with me later this I mean, and that's what you do because you get into tapping at someone else's audience. You know, we're going to cross share this episode with our audience and you're going to get a whole, you know, whatever we have 600 plus followers on social media are going to be introduced to you. Yeah. It is so true. And it's like the modern way of networking and connecting really to make anything we want to do successful. Yeah. So, um, and I think that maybe is a good way to wrap it up because I am cognizant of your time and our time, yeah. but um, I do think let's take a minute to go through our weekly wisdom. Um, Christina, do you want to kick us off? What's one thing that you learned in the last week? Well, um, so I had a birthday a couple weeks ago and, you know, Whenever I have a birthday, I always, you know, kind of reflect back on the year and whatnot. But, um, you know, I think the older you get to, you realize how much your girlfriends are just so important to you. And I always feel like I get spoiled by them around my birthday. So I have a lot of thank you notes to write. And it just makes me, you know, so, I don't know, emotional and just very grateful that I have such a good tribe of women and I, I don't know that when I was you know I've always had really good friends but I think it's as you get older and your kids are getting older and you're married you've been married I've been married for 20 years it's like those women really are just everything to you mm -hmm. so yeah make those relationships and hold on to them dearly yeah and get rid of the ones that don't make you feel good yeah <laughs> yeah because they should all make you feel good. They should all add to your life, not suck anything from you. That is so true. Sarah, what about you? Okay. I am racing my first half marathon on Sunday. And Liz is a runner too. So I know she feels me when we choose running as our fun hobby. But what I've <laughs> learned through my training is running one mile at a time. And this has applied to life and staying focused on right what's right in front of you. If I go into a run thinking, I have 12 more miles to run, there's no way I'm getting through it. So I have learned one mile at a time. And I, I love that it applies to life too. Yes. Mm -hmm. That is 
really valuable. Running is so good. Meditate. It's such good meditation. I feel like um, I for that. I will tell you that when you get older, running is not good on your body. So yeah, I, I haven't been able to run since I was 40. My hips, I ran yeah. from 12 to 40 every day. I used to do half marathons in my 30s. I hit 40 and my hips said no more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I walked a lot. Yeah. So. Walking is great too, you know? Yeah. Walking, um, much better. Yeah. The old ladies in the group. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Melissa? Do you have one that is your weekly learning? Yeah, I think this, you know, 50s are interesting because it's like this been this whole new season of creativity that I never thought I'd ever do and found in myself. And I have this energy and excitement right now about the work I'm doing that I've never had before. And I've got the time too now. You know, kids are mostly grown one in college, you know, whatnot. Um, but it's also really hard. I mean, we're going through a season of loss right now. My, uh, we lost my mother-in-law in March. We're leaving tomorrow on a flight because my father-in-law's not doing well. Um, they were together for 73 years when you can't their dating years. So, wow. um, tough stuff there. So it's, it's just, it's really important for me every day to write down all the things I'm feeling. And that really allows me to do what I need to do for my body that day. And so it's all, you know, you hear a lot about gratitude journals and gratitude journals are great, but sometimes what gets ignored in that is all the other things you're feeling too. And they can get put on the back burner and then they sneak up on you later. So I, every day when I'm journaling, journaling, I have a morning journaling ritual. Um, I have my quiet time, my coffee, a journal, and I write down everything I'm feeling anxious, sad, mad, excited, happy, love, all those things. And then I go through each word and mentally kind of process what within that word is the thing that I'm feeling. And then that really informs me on what I need that day. Like I need a really rigorous fit kind of workout or vigorous walk or other days I'm like, my body's tired. I just need some yoga and a nap. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it also allows me to process all those emotions um, as they need. And I don't believe in good or bad emotions. Emotions are informers and they tell us what's going on and what needs to be dealt with. So that's, you know, as we go through a really heavy season of grief and hard right now, I'm also really thankful for the opportunity to have a great conversation like this today and the stuff that's happening in the podcast and um, you know, my nephew's getting married in June too, you know, he's so excited. I mean, so those things too, but it allows me to move through them all. Yeah. I like, that. wow. That's awesome. Go ahead, Christina. You were going to say something. No, no. I just said, I love that. Mm-hmm. I'll have to add that to my ritual list. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I, I like that idea. My very long ritual list. <laughs> no, I love what you said about girlfriends. I think that's so important. No matter what season you're in, I have um, four rider dies that have been with me. Some have been with me since I was nine and 10 years old. It's somewhere in between some, we met when we were moms together in our thirties and forties sitting on the volleyball sidelines. Mm-hmm. So they but they are my go-tos no matter where I'm at in the country. I can, I, they would drop anything for me and I would drop anything for them. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't trade that for the world. It's my most valuable one I just can't imagine yeah 
I do think there's this season we go through where you think you just need your spouse or you just need, you know, this Absolutely. one friend or your kids are enough. And then that is the benefit and the wealth of knowledge we get with time yeah. is how mm-hmm. different people serve different purposes. But I've been really trying to slow down. And I liked what both of you said, Christina and Melissa, this episode has been helpful to me right now because um, the ladies know they call me the bulldozer because I'll just like (laughs) bulldoze ahead. And I had to like take a moment last week and go, okay, you can have it all, but you can't have it all right now. (laughs) So just be okay with where things are at. It's all progressing. It's all good. So that was my biggest learning in the last week. (laughs) Yes, there is one one mile at a time. Mm-hmm. One thing I just heard on a podcast that, that sums up every single thing that all of you guys just said was, um, it was an Ed Milet and they were, he's, he talks about hitting the pinata, you know, and the pinata, it's like, you have to have so, you have so many swings and it seems like you're making no progress at all. <laughs> and then it's that final, you know, tap that just explodes the whole thing. So it's like, you're always making progress, even though you see it. And you're just one little like swing away from really moving things forward. So that's awesome. I love that. Um, And with that, I think we're going to wrap up, but I do have a quote. We're trying to start to end every episode with a quote. And I um, thought of it just as we were sitting here. It's one of my favorites because you mentioned Brene Brown and we were talking about getting out of comfort zones. Mm. So we'll just end this episode with this one from her. Um, you can choose courage or you can choose comfort, but you cannot have both. So mm. thank you. And this has been a great interview. We really appreciate you. Um, really quick though, before we go, where can people find you? Okay. Um, embracinglayers.com is our website. And that's where you can find where to follow us on social episodes, blogs about the episodes, um, how to get a hold of us. All those things are on our website. So I, I always point people there. Um, and then, like I said, then you find all the socials you can follow us on. We're either at Embracing Layers or the Field Podcast, depending on what the social media thing. And follow us on all those things. We, we not only promote ourselves, but a lot of other like people in the community that we love um, on there as well. Anything that's going to be helpful that aligns with our mission. Um, and then you can listen to us on all those platforms. We drop every other Tuesday. Um, yeah. And we just love to have you. We also have a sub stack and you can get the link to that as well. And that's where you can come and have conversations, chats with us about the blogs, about the episodes, our newsletters. You can also be in part, and that's a new thing we've just started this spring. So it's still getting up and going, but we're going to be releasing a book um, based on the podcast, hopefully next fall. Um, And you get to be kind of on the inside of what our cover looks like. Um, what our color updates to our logo look like, you know, those kinds of things, opportunities for maybe a free chapter or whatever. So excited about that too, as that unfolds, but that's how you can find us. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We'll have to have you back when the book comes out. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, that would be, we're excited for that. I have a wonderful writer on my staff. She's an aspiring writer. And I was like, everybody across platforms, some for y'all to remember too, have said, get your, if you've got good content, Book form is another way to reach people that you wouldn't reach otherwise because not everybody listens to a podcast. That is absolutely right. Well, that is great. And we'll be listening to you and we'll be sharing. So 
Um, until next time, thank you. And all right. Thank you all. Talk soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.